Hey everyone, welcome again to another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. And, you know, today we're doing something a little different, a little kind of off of our normal habit. Uh, normally we talk about a specific Bible verse, kind of tear into it a little bit, understand uh, a little bit more about it as we jump into it. But today we're going to do a topic that Patrick uh, has for us. So Patrick, what are we talking about? You know, we might open up the Bible in a little bit, but we're going to look through 12 strange Bible facts. It's like kind of a Bible trivia thing. So I have 12 different facts about the Bible that I think are really cool that maybe you would know some of them, maybe you wouldn't, but I thought it'd be fun. We're just going to go through it and kind of have a conversation. I don't know why I'm nervous. I'm nervous for this right now, Patrick. (laughs) This isn't Jeopardy. This isn't a game show. So I know, I but know. I'm nervous. <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean, you can be nervous, but there's nothing to be nervous about. So okay, I think we so should just like jump, well, jump right in. Yeah, jump right in. I was going to say, before we jump right in, can you just tell us like, what is your source for these Bible facts? I mean, are we talking <laughs> about like Wikipedia right here? Are we like, is this a BuzzFeed article? I mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> it's Google. I, I just, did a little okay. Googling. All right. Okay. And I picked... 12 different topics or facts that I saw on a few different websites. So, all right. Uh, I don't know. So this is a curated list. This is curated by Patrick. Yeah. So love it. Um, I believe I have not actually fact checked these myself, but most of them that I've read through, I'm like, yep, I know that. I know that's true. I've heard that before. So I know that some of them are true. And I like okay. to believe that all of them are true. And I have references for all of them. So uh, I don't need the references. Let's just go through the facts. Let's just jump right in. Yeah. Okay. So we'll jump right in. The first fact that I have, and this one's mind boggling, it says over 100 million copies of the Bible are sold each year. Each year? Yep. That's right. A hundred million copies of the Bible sold each year. Yeah. So I don't know how old that fact is. I believe that it was true at one point. Maybe it's a little less now because of the internet and biblegateway.com. But I mean, how many Bibles do you have in your office? Uh, more than any other book. That's for sure. Yeah. I know just sitting where I am right now, I can see three. The thing that's cool about Bibles to me is they're at any price point, right? You can get a Bible for almost free, like a cheapy, thin page, New Testament only Bible, like almost free, super cheap. Mm -hmm. But then you could also like up your game and get a Bible that is, you know, real genuine leather on the outside with all sorts of like maps and, and commentary inside. And those things can be like 50, 60, 70 dollars. In fact, I have a Bible. It's a it's a Greek New Testament that is like it was a gift someone gave me, and it's leather bound. And mm. the retail price on that sucker is a hundred bucks. Whoa! For a Bible now, and that's not even diving into Bible software. I know that you oh, are have right. a computer program that's the I Bible, do. and it's yes. all these different Bibles. I I don't even know what it is. But uh, doesn't that cost a, a kind of chunk of change, too? It costs a pretty penny. But what it is is a lot of different books. So uh, you buy different packages, and they give you, like, different commentary sets and different tools. So the set that I have, I think, about probably about $1,500. Whoa. 
Dang. for that. Yeah, it's a lot but of that's money. That's a lot. That's a lot of content, though. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot in the old library. I choose to just use, you know, Bible Gateway. And that works, too. You know what's funny is Google and Bible Gateway work great. You know, even if you don't own a physical copy of a Bible, you can still Google it, any verse, pull it up. It's all on there. Any translation. I mean, I'm sure even any language. A hundred million is a lot. It's hard yeah. to like wrap your head around a hundred million. I'm pretty sure I don't have a hundred million of anything. I, I, I think the only time I've seen 100 million of one thing is walking on the beach. 100 million grains of sand. Yes. I think that's it. So, yes. All right. Now, fact number two, a little changing gears a little bit. Yes. Okay, good. In, in 1631, the year 1631. Yes. A publishing company published a Bible with a typo in it. And the <gasps> typo said, thou shalt commit adultery. No. Yeah. And to this day, only nine of those Bibles exist and they are known as the sinners Bibles. Now, how crazy is that? <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Thou shalt commit adultery. Yeah. So kind of, it's like there crazy. was a glitch in the zoom feed and the word not got cut out. Yeah. That's a bummer. So 1631, the, you're not talking you're working with computers. This is, you know, probably uh, publishing by hand, maybe written, uh, maybe some new form machinery involved. But yeah, nine of those Bibles exist today. I bet they're probably worth a lot. And now fact three is something that I think you can kind of talk about a little bit. The word Bible is from the Greek ta biblia which means the scrolls or the books. The word yeah. is derived from the ancient city of Byblos, Byblos, which is the mm. official supplier of paper products to the ancient world. Do you know mm. anything about that? Uh, you know, I've heard the word before. Um, you know, if you think of, of like Greek roots and stuff, like if you know Spanish, like biblioteca is like the library. Um, biblio, like book. Uh, is kind of the root. And so, yeah, back, back in the day, and I think this is probably something worth paying attention to. If you think about the Bible um, and you think about a book that we have today, you know, most of, of things back in the, in the, uh, in the old world uh, were scrolls, right? Yeah. So like things were written on scrolls. So when they, when they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, which was like Old Testament material, uh, when they found that, um, it wasn't the books, it was the scrolls. Uh, Although they had started to find things that were in books kind of like Jesus time and a little bit later. So mm. it kind of like things made the switch from writing it in a scroll to writing it into a book. And I think that had to do a lot with just, you know, kind of like material sciences, right? So it's like you could find, you could find material that you could write stuff on and it would be cheap and cost effective. Uh, and for a long time, and this is what's crazy, the cheapest and most cost effective way to uh, transmit information was to memorize it. So like, could you imagine if you had to send someone a message, like let's say a text message, it doesn't cost you anything really, you know? Like you could send one, you could send a hundred, you're not gonna pay more uh, for that. Um, but back then, if you wanted to send someone a message and if you wanted to write it down, you know, you might have to get like some pretty significantly expensive like paper and ink and you'd have to pay someone who could actually write 
mm-hmm. or someone who could actually like read and write. And it, you know, it got kind of like, it's kind of pricey to send a message out. Um, even, I mean, we could even say like when I was a kid to send a message out, like if you wanted to call someone on the phone, just to make one phone call, you had to, when I was younger, you had to have a quarter, 25 <laughs> cents. Right. And you'd put that 25 cents in, you get like three minutes on the phone with someone and then that's it. And you better go find another quarter. People won't right. really put up with that today. They're like, what? Right. A quarter? What is even a quarter? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the Bible, the book, the good book, sometimes people call it the good book. Um, yeah, it's written down. And I think there's something cool about that, that God's word is written down. It's yeah. not just memorized. It's great when you memorize it. It's not just something people think or feel. It's actually written down. And it's been faithfully written down for thousands of years. And that's pretty cool too. Uh, yeah. It's continued like that. So yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know anything about that town. That was new. That's new to me. And you know, that fact really rolls into the next one about the Bible being written down. Fact number four says the full Bible has been translated into 532 languages and has been partially translated into 2,883 languages. That is just crazy. And I know when I've have traveled to Pakistan to visit our, our missionary friends that live there and work there, I have gotten, gotten to experience, uh, them translating the new Testament of the Bible and they would actually record people reading it in the common languages the village languages that were there because some of the people were illiterate. They couldn't actually go and read the Bible, but they could listen to it and understand, uh, what the Bible was saying. And so I, I believe that this is translated into 2,883 languages a lot digitally as well, not necessarily mm. as written, but also, but as spoken language and saved recorded, like, you know, we record our podcasts, they would record the, the Bible. And if you think about it, like, you know, the Bible translation, man, God bless the people that do that work because it's hard. You have to usually know whatever the original languages are really well that the Bible's written in. So Greek, Hebrew, and maybe some Aramaic. Uh, and you have to be able to really know them, like not just kind of know them. You have to be able to really know them, to be able to study, to be able to translate, to be able to look into like sections that people might find a little more, you know, difficult. And then you also have to really know the language you're translating it into really well. Yeah. Because even though the English that we speak now in North County, coastal San Diego, um, is tied to our ethnicity. It's tied to our socioeconomic status. It's tied to our age. It's tied to all sorts of stuff, the language that we use. And so, Um, It's not just simple, put it into English. Like if you look for English versions of the Bible, there's dozens of them. And some of them, like, you know, you could get some old versions of the Bible that you read and you're like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Like there's words in there that you're like, what? That's that's a word. I didn't even know that was a word. And there's there's an aspect of translating the Bible as well that um, really hones in on your discernment. I've watched an yeah. interview with Eugene Peterson, who was the writer of the translation of the Bible called The Message. And he talked about the hours and hours he would spend translating one verse, really discerning what that verse is actually saying in his own words in English. The amount of weight that that carries, because you don't want to do it quickly. You don't want to just, 
you want to really not focus on what your thoughts are as an individual, but what God is actually trying to say. And God is like really speaking through you in a way bigger way than just, you know, pastor preaching when you're actually going through the work of translating the Bibles and scripture. And it's, it's really hard too. you know, like uh, in um, seminary, I had to do a little bit of Bible translating and it was like, here's a verse or the largest section I translated was 11 verses. And, and so you get the original language and you have to come up with a translation that you think is the most faithful and you can use all the tools that you have. You just have to really, and it's amazing how hard that is. Uh, because you don't want to lose kind of the original meaning and all the depth of the words, but at the same yeah. time, you know, you want it to be uh, something that people understand. Um, my grandfather was uh, uh, was in India as a missionary, and part of what he did was translating uh, Bible study materials to one of the languages in India called Marathi. And his his um, thesis, he wrote a thesis for like an extra master's degree that he got. And I found it because I was going through some papers uh, at my mom's house and, and found this and realized that I couldn't understand his thesis because half of it was in Marathi in the, mm. in the language. And it was all about translating the Gospels wow. and looking for better ways to improve the translation. So the work of Bible translation, just it isn't like you just do it once and it's done. It's like a continual process. So this next fact, fact number five, I remember the moment that I learned this fact, which is crazy. I was in fifth grade and I was sitting in a classroom at the church I grew up in. And the fact is this, it says the Bible is not a single work, but a collection of works from a wide variety of authors, such as shepherds, kings, farmers, priests, poets, scribes, and fishermen. Authors also include traitors, embezzlers, adulterers, murderers, and auditors. A wide variety of people. There used to be a radio show out there called, I think it's called like 6640 or something like that. And uh, it, the idea of it was, or at least what they're trying to tell you is, you know, the Bible was written as 66 books with at least 40 different authors. Now, some people would say there's hundreds of authors, Hmm. Um, but you know, a lot of the books of the Bible don't, don't necessarily lay claim to who wrote them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some traditions around it, but yeah, it's crazy. It's weird that like everyone could write a book and it would all fit together. And so the King James Bible version, this is fact six, by the way, contains oh, okay, cool. 788,258 words, 31,102 right. verses, Okay. 1,189 chapters, and like you said, 66 different books. And now, you might know a little bit more than this than me. How do those numbers, do you think, vary from Bible translation to Bible translation? I mean, I think all Bibles have 66 books and probably 1,800, yeah. or excuse me, 1,189 chapters. But do yeah. you think verses are, you know, mixed up from Bible to Bible or, you know, moved around a little bit? Yeah. So there's this thing, like when you look at Bibles, and by the way, you know, there, there are, um, I think, um, I might get this wrong, but the Eastern church. So there's like, there's this thing called the great schism that happened where you had like the Western and the Eastern church. And this is like shortly after like 1000 AD. Um, 
and it, it kind of made this split. And so you may have heard of like uh, Orthodox churches um, or Eastern churches and, and the Christian churches, they just separated from, from uh, the Western churches, like from Rome. And so when that happens, it's kind of a new branch of Christianity. And then you had the Reformation with Martin Luther, and that was kind of like another big branch. Um, but if you if you go back, I think some of the Orthodox um, uh, churches, they have what's called the Apocrypha. And there's some cool stuff in there. They just They just looked at it, and I don't think there was kind of, there was sort of consensus that there's things you could learn inside of the Apocrypha, but it, it wasn't um, to the same level as uh, what we consider um, canon, you know, in the canon or what we consider to actually be God's word to us. So, but it's good stuff. It's just not necessarily, uh, what we consider God's word to us. So yeah, but, but in, if you look at the individual verses, like as they're translated, there's a pretty big, pretty big diversity in the way people translate things. Cause if you think about it, like some people talk a lot, right? Some people, uh, use, um, a lot of words to say something really like simply, it's kind of like when you're typing an essay and you know you have to type like let's say a thousand words, right? You're gonna like keep those words flowing, you know, like you're run just gonna on keep sentences. it going. Run on, run on, run on. If you're feeling like short on material, um, and and the amount of information may be the same as someone who writes three or four hundred words less. In some ways, some of the sentence structure and things like that in different versions uh, can be can be def can be different. Um, right. and some versions of the Bible are kind of quickly, like easy to read. You can kind of fly through them and others might tickle, it might take a little bit more time. And now speaking about verses that we can read through very quickly, fact seven <laughs> is the shortest Bible verse. Do you yeah. know what that is off the top of your head? I'm sure you do, but I, I do know that it is Jesus wept two words. That's right. Yeah. Two words. I don't know the reference to it. The, the reference is John chapter 11, uh, verse 35. John 11. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. One of my favorite stories, it's like Lazarus is, uh, has died and Jesus comes back. And the cool thing is Jesus sees, it's not that he sees Martha who's upset. It's not that he sees Mary who's upset. It's not that Lazarus has died. Like people love to say that like, oh, Lazarus died. So Jesus was like crying about it. The cool part about that verse is it tells us that Jesus saw the, all the people who came with, um, with Mary, uh, who were grieving. He saw their hurt and their pain and that's what made him weep. And that's kind of cool. You know, like Jesus weeps with those who weep. Right. Which is like a really, really cool thing that, cause Jesus like then raises Lazarus from the dead. Like, kind of crazy story. We could talk about that forever, but, um, yeah, shortest verse, but also one of the most profound. And then, you know, we can't share the shortest verse without sharing the oh, longest, shoot. you know, the fact eight, verse. Esther chapter eight, verse nine. And I oh, looked wow. it up and it's like eight lines. And in fact, uh, there's a cross reference to that verse within that verse. Cause it's so, it is so long. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, yeah, and there's all sorts of different names in it. I'll, I'll give it a shot at reading. It says, The king's scribes were summoned at that time in the third month, which is the month of Sylvian, on the 23rd day. And an etiquette was written according to all that 
Mordecai commanded concerning the Jews to the stat satraps and the governors and the officials of the provinces from India to Ethiopia in its own script and to each people in its own language and also to the Jews in their script and their language. There wow. you go. That was one verse. One verse. <laughs> yeah. And it's got crazy words in it like satraps and stuff. Can I give you another uh, another verse? Uh, or another fact, I mean. Oh, yeah. That, that's I, I believe this is true. The book of Esther does not contain God in it. God's name is not in the book of Esther. Whoa. Like, it's the only book in the Bible to not mention God. You're, you are totally right. I fact-checked that right now. And Good. it says I'm God, in fact, is not mentioned. So you are totally right. Very interesting fact. And we're just going to keep chugging right along with these uh, we should. What facts. number are we on right now, anyway? I we are about to go over fact number nine. So the longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm one nineteen, and that's also just following up fact number uh, ten here. The shortest chapter in the Bible is Psalm one seventeen, which is just two verses, just right before it. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's why reading. Like I used to. There was a time in my life when I would say, "Hey, I'm going to read five chapters of the Bible." And you'd get to like, you know, like, let's say that day you're like, okay, I'm going to read five chapters, Psalm 115 through Psalm 120. And you get to <laughs> Psalm 117, you're like, oh yeah, I'm flying. And then you get to <laughs> Psalm 119, you're like, does it ever end? Does it ever, ever end? Five pages later. <laughs> five pages later. So yeah, you know, shortest and longest uh, chapters of the Bible come up in Psalm which is really crazy. Yeah. And don't forget to tune in to the Devo on Sunday because on Sunday we will actually be going over Psalm 117. So that's coming out in just a few days. It'll be very interesting cool. uh, doing a Devo on just two verses. Now, Yeah, that will be interesting for we're, sure. We're going to move away from uh, actual facts of the content of the Bible and go to okay. facts about the Bible itself. Fact number 11, second to last, says nearly eight in 10 Americans regard the Bible as either the literal word of God or as yeah. inspired by God. 80%. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's like a lot of people. So... You know, in these days, sometimes you have to wait in line at the grocery store to get in. You know, you look at that line. If you're the the 10th person, eight people in front of you probably uh, believe in scripture. Yeah. And that kind of, that, that's cool. I mean, that's encouraging. I, I once heard um, someone say that if you asked five friends, uh, if they would go to church with you, four out of five would say yes. So that kind of fits the same math, eight out of 10, four out of five. So I wonder, yeah, like some people, you know, they really think like, hey, the, the Bible, it, it seems like it's, it's legit. This is God's word because what else would be God's word if not the Bible? Now, this last fact that we're going to go over today on this Devo, fact number 12, and this is something I did not, and maybe if I sat long enough and thought about it, I would have been able to come to this conclusion myself, but I kind of okay. doubt it. This one says... According to one author, God killed about 25 million people in the Bible. <laughs> that's a weird, that's a weird, uh, some weird math going on there. So yeah, say someone, the number again in the Bible, God kills how many? It says about 25 million people. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know about that. Someone like did some math, I guess. I don't know if this one is actually true. This is like the most obscure one that I found. So here we go. The reference is David Kenneth in his book called Don't Know Much About the Bible, Everything You Need to Know About the Good Book But Never Learned, published huh. in 1998. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things in the Bible or a lot of times and stories in the Bible where God does like allow people to die. I mean, that's kind of like a big, a big topic right there mm-hmm. in and of itself. So if you think about like the flood and maybe like a good counterfact to that, or at least a counterpoint to that is, you know, how many people has God given second chances to? How many people uh, mm. has God given new life to? Absolutely. How many people has God let live? You know, like you think about how many people did Jesus um, save through sacrifice on the cross? And what I do know is uh, the Bible does tell us that in Jesus does tell us his words in my father's house. There are many rooms. Um, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Yeah. So my guess is it's going to be more than 25 million, which is kind of cool. So there you go. Those are the 12 facts I came up with. Plus we gave the bonus 13th fact that Baker's dozen. Yep. That's right. The Baker's Dozen, 13 facts about the Bible. Some that I knew, some that I didn't. Hopefully it's some that you didn't know as well. Maybe you learned something. That's right. It's a good book. Get into it. Read, read. Uh, you know, if you're feeling bold, read a whole chapter of the Bible, like Psalm 117. There you go. Or if you're really bold, Psalm 119. But, you know, make sure you're ready for that commitment. Absolutely. Well, thanks for checking out the devotional. And uh, we look forward to you hearing us again soon. Yeah. Bye, everyone.